Welcome to the Glacial Multimedia Podcast Series. The Glacial Multimedia Podcast Series is dedicated to providing internet marketing education to physicians for better business development and overall patient communication. Hello, everyone. Welcome once again to Glacial Multimedia's podcast series. This is a part two, our very first part two. I'm super excited. Brought back some fantastic people, this time to talk about uh, part two, building a website with Glacial. So we'll go around the room and let everybody introduce themselves. This is not their first rodeo, so they'll be much better this time, I guarantee. No pressure. Me? Start? <laughs> yes. Um, Angie Grosso, project manager. Hi, I'm Daryl Gorbele, and I'm a senior web developer. I'm Dan Eastwood, and I'm a project manager. All right, the hard part's out of the way. Everybody got their names right. Good job. Uh, we're here to talk about the building of a website with Glacial. Last time, we kind of did the introductions, the discovery calls, the navigation. This time, we're going to talk about design, coding, and everybody's favorite, finalization. So we're going to talk about each part in a little bit of depth here, but let's start out right away with the design process. Um, after you've done the navigation document, you then start to talk with the clients about how they want the looks and the feels. Angie, you mentioned last time kind of briefly that you send over some designs, give people an idea of the different types of things that we're doing and kind of have them start to pick and choose. Um, walk us through kind of how that design process works for folks. Um, just that basically after reviewing like some of our newer designs or they don't even have to be ours, just kind of an inspiration. Um, all of that information gets packed up and sent to a designer. Um, it can be colors, pictures they like, websites they like, and that's what our designers use for kind of a starting point. So uh, we talked last time um about the the design process, et cetera. Is there any difference though between building a custom uh, custom website and the design process versus a template? Uh, we've talked about how we push those templates to their limit, but is there any real difference between the two? Yeah, with with um, templates, they've they've seen um, some we've done in the past, and we usually use that specific layout as a starting point. Um, we're kind of we're changing the way we develop templates and. Trying to give a little more customization while still keeping it in that template realm, which is quick, um, easy, um, inexpensive in comparison. Sure. So, um, so yeah, there is a big difference. So the the client will kind of choose their template versus giving the free reign to the designer. And do do often clients come with kind of a preconceived notion of what they want, either with it's with colors or how they want to look in a field to be, or do you kind of? give them the the world's your oyster here are the thousand different opportunities and let's talk or is it kind of a mixture it's kind of a mixture i try my best to or we all try to kind of um rein them in but not everybody can articulate what they like um so that's where that conversation comes in listening and, and picking up on those keys or talking points um but it's a mix some people will just say hey we love your designer's work let's see what they come back with others will say i love that um, site out of Texas or wherever. Right. Um, and I also like this other one. Can we kind of merge these features? So it's... And typically you guys do a couple different designs to have them choose from, right? I mean, we're not, we don't give them like 20 different, 20 different designs, but sometimes one, two or three. Um, we usually start with one strong design um, and 
more often than not, we try to do a home page and an inner page at the same time, so you can kind of get a full picture of what the site will be like. Sure. It's also also um, partially coded, so you can get a sense of like rollovers and um, any maybe a parallax scroll or how the Ajax will work. Um, usually, I would say like ninety percent of the time. Um, the design is strong enough that we may end up making some revisions to it, but the base design stays the same. Um, and that's because of all the work with the client side and glacial side does in navigation and discovery. Um, occasionally it'll be off and we'll just start over. So this is the first time, like we mentioned the last time, the last podcast, this is the first time they're actually seeing everything. Before this, mm-hmm. it's all theoretical. Right. Um, and like you mentioned, about you got a pretty strong track record, about 90% end up coming through saying that's fantastic, let's tweak this or let's tweak that. For that 10%, how difficult is it? Is it is it usually just because they didn't understand the process to start or is it there's now that they're seeing it, they realized what they wanted wasn't really what they wanted? Probably the, the, the latter. Like I think that it, it makes that navigation document kind of come to life. They can envision most people are coming from like a fixed width old site and to see their information in a responsive, um, full width, um, layout is it's eye opening. It really, you know, you kind of realize what needs to be updated, what's important to your practice. So, um, you know, I, I would say that that 10%, um, it's, it might seem like a backtrack, but it's actually a really a smart decision to make to kind sure. of talk it out at that point. So now that they have the design in front of them, like you said, it's partially coded. You're able to kind of move forward with more of the straight-up coding. And this is where we do start to see a real big split between the custom work and the, the template work. So we'll have you guys obviously chime in. When it comes to the, to the coding part of it, um, how long on average, all things being done correctly, does it take between doing a, a template version versus doing a custom version? Obviously, I think some clients forget sometimes that once they've approved a design, it goes into the queue. So they're, you know, wherever the, the next is, um, that's where theirs will be. But what's the average kind of turnaround, all things going smoothly for template sites? Um, it, can, it can vary, really. Um, it can be two weeks to a year. <laughs> <laughs> what, would, um, what would be something that would really slow down the, the coding process of it? For a template site, um, people not really understanding what a template is. Um, you know, it's a, you're, you're very limited. Um, you know, you, you pretty much see all its features when you, when you take a look at it, um, like when we show you examples of it. But um, it's... It gets complicated when people don't understand what what it is they're buying. Sure. Um, And the difference between a template where we are limited versus a custom site where they're obviously paying extra money to get exactly what they want. I know there is no real average, but all things going smoothly, we can expect to turn it around in about how long? For a custom site? Yep. um, Typically, coding is about two to two and a half weeks. Um, At the end of that time, we usually handle either content transfer from the existing site or um, add the new content that either we've written or the practice has written. But And it should be noted that this is this is the skeleton of the site. This is not a done site by any means. Um, it's pretty well done. So we're, we're really been, over the last um, year, really been changing the way that we produce the sites. Um, Dan and Jarrell and I kind of work um work 
like at the same time. So when I'm sending a site to Dan, he's working on it, um, passing it off and everything's getting checked before the client sees it. So when they get it, it's full of content. It's full of everything's working and clickable and links where it should go. Anything left is really client side finalization. So that's when they might come in and say, Hey, we want new Botox images or, um, we, we just bought a laser, you know, in between when we started this and now we'd like to promote that. So, um, we've really been working on efficiencies. And I, from my understanding, the, the coding part has become a lot more streamlined, a lot quicker than it, than it used to be. When I first started here, it would be six weeks, eight weeks, 12 weeks, just in the coding phase alone. Uh, and since you guys have really started to focus on that, I think you've really streamlined that. So kudos to you. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. So the coding gets done. That's where a lot of the grunt work on our side happens. And then we mm. go into everybody's favorite finalization, the mm. back and forth. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the, what happens during finalization, some of the pitfalls that can happen during that, and some of the hurdles that we have to overcome when working with someone in finalization. So when you're actually in the finalization phase, a lot of the content will be ported over to the new site from the old site. Uh, finalization may consist of also making sure uh, homepage links works, callouts on secondary page links work, um, links to other sites work correctly, everything responsively is checked, whether it's on tablets, whether it's on a mobile device, smaller screens, larger screens. And from that point, your design is finished. And I can only say from experience that one pitfall that has happened and hopefully won't happen and continue is when you're in the finalization process and there's a big structure change to your website. Situations where there's a large structure change to your website like that more than likely will lead to complications in down the chain. It'll lead to complications in how you display your information, complications in how your responsiveness works, um, how your message gets across to your um, target audience. All of that really, really comes to the forefront when you try and change the structure because that, at that point, we're changing what the site actually is doing, which means that you won't, it, it, it's almost like going backwards to the beginning and then having to do the process of checking everything all over again or um, restructuring how, how this building was built. So you really want a strong foundation and design so that you don't have to change it at all in that sense when you get to finalization. Yeah, it's totally better to spend more time in design than it is in finalization. And I think in the past, it, we would we would do the reverse you know, and I don't think it was a planned, um, it wasn't a choice, but that's just how, how we were used to doing it. And I think the, um, the revamping we've done is it's much better to spend time in design, even if it feels like you're not moving forward and and you're, you've been in design for weeks or sometimes even months. Um, all of those decisions matter and will make finalization, um, so much faster. Hmm. It creates, um, a stronger site. If you get to finalization and you go, ah, I didn't really like the way that um, the tabs looked on the homepage or I want the locations moved up above something else. Those are design right. changes. So you're really going back to the beginning and then we've got to redo work that's already been done. And it affects, like Daryl was saying, a lot of other areas of the site. So, And that's another thing that stalls websites is when, mm-hmm. when it comes out of design, that's how the site's going to look. Um, I'm going to code it to look exactly like that. Um, so it's better to, to get exactly what you want. Everything's, you know, shiny and good for you when it comes out of design. Um, because if you change, if you want something changed like that, if you want a section moved somewhere else, um, if you want to mess up the homepage a little bit, um, (laughs) it, uh, it, it 
causes a lot extra time because we have to go back and change you know the coding for that and then we have to go like daryl said and check the responsiveness on different devices whereas while i'm coding it i'm i have that in mind and i'm doing that um whereas after it's we have to go back and Mm -hmm. redo all of that so um it, it sounds like the what we've been focused on a lot more is the design, making sure that the clients are happy with the design, getting the design mm-hmm. right, yep. so that when you move forward with that and making sure that they understand, hey, even the smallest little tweaks to the design are going to majorly slow down the entire process of the mm-hmm. project. Yeah, the design really is like the most important part. Um, you know, we, we can tweak stuff after, you know, we can change text formatting, you know, colors, stuff like that. But it's when you start really getting into the structural changes that it's it can really delay things. I like the navigation at the top. Oh, no, now I want all my navigation to be on the left-hand side because I yeah. think that looks yep. cleaner. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. it's like, okay, or well, even adding we're... to the navigation. Yeah. It right. seems so simple, but you know, you add one or two extra things yeah. up there, it's going to affect how everything sizes down. Sure. Mm-hmm. Especially so. with, like, responsibly. Yeah. You know, it's, it's tough to add to that, for sure. Which, and that's my job with the client is to, you know, I, I kind of reassure everybody it's it's okay to send it back to the designer 10 times. Right. Um, and it's my job to explain what's possible, what's not, and talk out those changes because not every idea needs to be implemented, you know, and, and they're having a conversation may create um, different ideas. Sure. So I'd much rather spend that time in design. And then when they get the site after coding, it it's literally ready to go. Um, with the exception of things they may see yeah, or want to add. Mm-hmm. It's client-side approval. And so the finalization basically boils down to just making sure that every little thing, all the I's are dotted, all the mm-hmm. T's are crossed, yep. that all the content is actually transferred over correctly, it has the right language, things like that. Before Forms, yeah, yep. exactly. Make, and I think that's that's a, a big part that people think is going to be the biggest headache the biggest hurdle and it sounds to me now like it's probably the smoothest part of the entire process yeah it's definitely becoming that and i think even more it it continues to to improve um so you know we have sites that and you asked me how long does a um coding take yeah coding is kind of a blanket term for a lot of things that that they do so you know, part of it takes two weeks. Then we do, you know, a content transfer. We do the testing. We do the forms. So, um, you know, I kind of keep the client involved in that. And when it's ready to show them, I'll give them that working demo link that's on our server so they can it, use it just like a regular site. Mm-hmm. Um, so that time frame is a little tricky because it does depend on the size of the site and all of the features that they might be having it, um, forms they might and have. page size really has. Yeah. Um, a lot to do with it too, because we'll we'll go through each secondary page and make sure it's got all the assets that we can we can possibly get in there. You know, pictures, video, um, audio, anything like that. Um, we we fill it up and make it look nice. So um, you know, we take a little bit of extra time to make sure that that's all done correctly. And you know, the, the more pages, obviously, it takes yeah. more time. A fifty-page site versus a ten-page site. Fifty pages is obviously going to take you not necessarily five times as long, but a significantly yeah, longer period. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yeah, definitely. Um, when it comes to that to that design, the difference between a homepage and a subpage, how quickly do do clients kind of get that? Because the homepage obviously is it's the it's the face, it's what you see the first time, and then the subpages become the the, the guts, the technical kind of things, mm-hmm. and they do have quite often two very different looks. Mm-hmm. Does that ever jar with people or like, hey, wait, I thought everything was going to look like my homepage? No, I think we do a pretty good job of walking them through. Um, 
you know, why certain things change when you click into a site and what shifts and what doesn't. And um, I think, you know, more often than not, we provide that inner page at the same time as the homepage. And I think that's helpful because you can see the whole site kind of as one thing as opposed to a flat PDF, um, Photoshop design file and, um, or, uh, th- looking at the homepage and loving it, and then you're underwhelmed when you see the inner page a week later. Sure. Um, so we're constantly, I think that's one of the, um, the cool things about the changes we've made over the last year is that we're, we, we're continuing to change. You know, it's not just we made some changes and here we are. Like every day we're talking about how to do things better and what's better for the practice, um, what's easier for Dan's team, you know, how can they work faster and more. Yeah, and uh, you know, effectively. The, the internet is constantly changing too, so you have to have that kind of mentality, sure. that yeah. kind of strategy. No, you totally. Know, just, just constantly try to figure out better ways to do things um, and incorporate new things that come out. And as our designers develop, um, you know, even more beautiful sites, more functional sites, whichever way a client decides to go, that changes the the background nature of how you have to code it, how things get displayed. If someone likes a really sparse homepage site and just sparse in general. There's not a, there's not a lot of space to then work with to get what what you want done and being able oh, to yeah. adapt to that. Because mm-hmm. at that point, if you're if you have a simple look and feel to a site, it can quickly become jarring or um, even unpleasant to look at when you start adding more elements to more elements. Sure. to Because you get worried about oh, is this enough space? I have a lot of white space. Well, that white space was there because you wanted a minimalistic look. Right. And once you start adding more elements to it, once you start adding more features. It'll look cluttered, and that's when it'll look um, it'll look off. Mm-hmm. And that's a big thing too. Like, like if you know you and the client decide that a simple look like that is what you want, you have to like stick to your guns with that. Like, st- stay consistent with that, or it will, like you said, look look odd, <laughs> mm-hmm. or like it's not supposed to be there. Mm-hmm. Do you, just a random question for you, for y'all. But do you have uh, a particular? designed favorite like do you guys doing the coding work prefer something that's a little bit more sparse or do you prefer it when it's a little bit more crowded so you have a little bit more room for error or for being able to move things around um i mean the simple ones are you know obviously they're they're easier to code but personally i like the the more crammed ones um i like figuring things out and problem solving stuff like that um and it's it's a be, it's a better feeling after you're complete with it to to look back and say wow like we we made this fantastic. I personally like um, I do like a simple look, but not particularly simple. Like there's not a lot of elements to it. I like uh, colors, and I like when there's animations used, and uh, not just like homepage slideshow animations. I mean um, like visual cues for users to understand or um, elements that call attention and not just to, to promote something or to push something but um, maybe because it it draws you maybe like a narrative kind of way mm-hmm. where it talks to you about going from do you have these issues if you do this may be something that can help you or this may be a, an avenue to, do to research like overall user experience yeah. improving like overall, that quality yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. no I, I agree I mean aesthetically I like a minim- I prefer like a minimalist approach to a website sure but not everybody's me so like i i try to keep my opinion out of it um so kind of wrapping this one up um and i appreciate you all once again coming and um, doing our first part two mm. uh anything right that you would 
that you would recommend when a, when a client comes on board and says, all right, hey, we're going to build a website with you, some things for them to maybe either keep in mind or uh, to investigate on their own, anything, any sort of initial before they even start talking with us, something you may want to just put in their head? Um, I, don't, I mean, I think having faith in hmm. um, the people who are working with you, so whether it's your designer, um, they, they want to they want you to have a good looking site. Oh, sure. You know, so the choices they're making are thoughtful. And I think some people have a hard time not coming up with edits. Like they would, yeah. they, you know what I mean? They would just, they feel like they need to. Um, and some patience because, you know, it's, it's in our best interest to get it done as quickly as possible too. So, but things take time and you want to launch a site that is functioning and that your patients are going to be able to use easily. Um, and that's going to market your practice appropriately. So I think those things are important, but ask questions too. I think that's, you know, most, most of our, I think most of our clients and practices do that. They ask when they don't understand and they're not afraid to, you know, Still talk to Dan it. about coding things or ask questions. And All right. Well, thank you all once again. Um, this ends parts two. So until next time. Thank you for listening to the Glacial Multimedia Podcast Series. For more information in regards to future podcasts or services discussed, please visit www.glacial.com or call us at 207-878-5900.